This is Unfilter, episode 53 for June 5th, 2013. A quick question on your delegation. You had other members of Congress with you, but you also had the actor Steven Seagal. Well, Steven Seagal, because he's a black belt and, uh, and, a, and a very well-respected actor, he knew we were going to Russia, and because of his black belt and karate and things, he's gotten to know many of the leaders of Russia, including Putin. I know he's very popular in Russia, Steven Seagal, including, as you point out, with the Russian leadership. So what I hear you saying is Steven Seagal could open up doors that United States congressmen like you and some of your colleagues couldn't necessarily open up during your visit to Russia. On this week's episode of Unfilter, the gun control debate has pivoted from the utility of high-capacity weapons to a war on mental health. This week, we'll demonstrate how the media is quietly changing the national conversation right out from underneath us. The FBI has started their campaign to make the internet more wiretap-friendly, which proposes backdoors built into all network services. We'll break it down. Plus, Turkey erupts in protest. We'll explain why hundreds of thousands of people are taking to the streets, cover your feedback, and much, much more on this week's episode of Unfilter. Unfilter, episode 53 of Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show, distracting you from all of that TV you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week is the extremely talented Mr. Chase. You, you forgot one other tagline there, Chris. I was going to let you back. I was going to say, I didn't wanna, you know. Excru- extremely talented and uberly unemployed. <laughs> I was going to say the talentedly available is what I was considering. You know what? You know what that, but I didn't want to spill the beans. But, but that sounds a little sexual. <laughs> Whoa. I'm, I'm talentedly Whoa. available. This is what happens when we have a long pre-show. It gets weird. It gets weird. It gets a little weird. Well, when you don't wear any pants, that's part of the problem. You know, when we're doing an audio <laughs> show, I like the airflow. I find it helps me focus. <laughs> well, it is getting summer-like. And, uh, right, right. It's getting a little warm, a little hot in here. Yeah. Speaking of things getting hot, we got a big show. Hot show. When do we not have a big show? Well, uh, I, I've said this on other shows. Every show I do, it's part of the contract that I nego- negotiate with the management of the network. Uh-huh. It is part of my contract. I don't show up unless it's a big show. No, wait, wait, Chris. Chris, um, Don't you run the network? Yeah, yeah. I know. My boss is a jerk. So, I, so you're saying you talk to yourself? Oh. Uh, you have hmm. negotiations with yourself? <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, you called me out. So we got, we got a great show planned. We're yes. going to make some... Some, potentially, we might announce some changes for the show. Wait, Chris. We'll listen, find out. There's nothing too many. I, I had changes announced to me on Monday. No, you're going to like these And changes. these are not good changes. No, you'll like these and are good you changes. You know what? If, these are if, the if, kind of changes like when you go to a masseuse and you find out it's that kind of masseuse. Wait. Oh, like 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 you're talking like Asian masseuse. Okay, so don't be racist. All right, so uh, <laughs> why don't we start out by covering some world news. If I didn't mention Asians, that would be racist. Name the tune. DBC. No. Boom. 
Oh, no, no, no. Al Jazeera. No, it's the BBC. Oh, BBC. I think. I don't know. Yeah, it is really BBC. Yeah. But uh, so I thought we'd start out with a world story. So that's why I wanted to play that theme, although the news report actually comes from CBS News. Now, Turkey, an important American ally, has been taking in large amounts of Syrian refugees. But now that country is dealing with unrest from its own people. Police have been cracking down on violent anti-government protests over the this past four days. Protesters BBS. feel the government... Well, what was the BBC theme song there? I just wanted to make it seem worldly. You fooled me. <laughs> ...has become too authoritarian. The Turkish prime minister has dismissed claims that he is a dictator... At least one person has been killed and more than 1,700 have been arrested. So joining us now is Pamela Falk, CBS News foreign affairs analyst. Pamela, good morning. Good morning, everybody. So this is quite a situation here. The Prime Minister right. uh, Erdogan has tried to sort of dismiss the protesters as just members of the opposition. But have you followed this very much? Not much. So uh, starts off as what seems to be some protests about them uh, tearing down some uh, park space. Uh, but that was kind of just a smokescreen to defer what the issue was really about. And and the uh, president, uh, the uh, de- democratically elected president, said, oh, this is just – this is the left-wing opposition. Don't listen to them. But then, you know, it started to look like it was a lot more because then you had unions getting involved and right. you had uh, – but, but hundreds of thousands of people in the street. We're talking about days and days now, thousands and thousands of people. Right. Some of them had voted for him. They're upset. Why do they think that his, his government is becoming a dictatorship? Well, this started as a protest about the removal of a park and the building of a mosque and an airport and a canal. And it really developed into as a question about his leadership, about democracy, about the future of Turkey, about Turkish identity. Mm-hmm. And so part of the policies that he is p- imposing and, and implementing um, are are to have more religion, less drinking, uh, less public parks, and to really make uh, the the economics the focus of the city. I guess one of the other things that people are not very happy about in the uh, citizen, in the uh, people who are protesting, the citizens that are protesting, is uh, Turkey's uh, uh, um, uh, involvement in Syria. I don't know to what extent they're upset about, but I mean... Turkey is right. sort of uh, our base of operations for launching a lot of stuff into Syria. That's why Turkey is sort of um, important to us from a st- from a strategic standpoint. What uh, what also is not to lose sight of is the number of injuries. Of course, when uh, the government cracks cracks down with uh, gas cans and uh, and water hoses, people end up getting hurt. Three thousand people injured. Yes, three thousand injured. At least one person killed. Anti-government protesters in Turkey say they've been subjected to quote unprecedented violence by government security forces. It's always interesting, too, to go around the world, as Wolf says, and uh, see what other governments, what their take is on this, and especially considering the politics involved, uh, Russia. Yeah. So I went to RT, and of course, RT manages to turn this into a bad guy USA story. (laughs) By the afternoon, Gezi Park in Istanbul was packed with the sort of people who were supposed to be doing well in the new Turkey, mainly the young and well-educated. All kinds of groups have joined the Gezi bandwagon, from gay rights campaigners to trade unionists and old-style leftists. This protest is now about much more than its original purpose of saving this green space from developers. It's the biggest challenge the government has faced in 10 years in power. Of course, this is not a revolution. This is not like Arab Spring, or it's not about, uh, it's not like the Occupy Wall Street. This is very uh, Anatolian style. Uh, we 
we stand together with all kinds of different people. And so you, yes, everybody was so fed up. So I think we will be able to change. You notice there she said this is not Occupy Wall Street. I think that's an interesting line that she adds in there that she says in the interview. The area around the park controlled for now, at least by protesters, is marked by barricades. And So there's actually areas of the city that are now under control of the pro- protesters. Wow, really? Yeah. This afternoon, the police didn't cross them which meant after days of violence it was peaceful, both sides waiting for the other's next moves. So that's not the bad guy US, USA clip, but that still gives you some interesting insight. Here's the bad guy USA clip. Human rights groups and some foreign officials, including the US Secretary of State, they've all come out to condemn the excessive use of force by the Turkish police. However, it's the U.S., which is one of the main exporters of tear gas and pepper spray to Turkey. In fact, the country yeah. allegedly sent over 60 tons in the past decade. That's yeah, worth really? more than 20 million bucks. Uh, the U.S. also sells tear gas to the countries like Egypt and Bahrain. <laughs> this guy oh, really? So I love how Russia Today gets a guy with a British accent to make it sound <laughs> better, right? But... Uh, so th- th- that is an interesting little stat in this whole little thing is uh, Turkey has bought $21 million in tear gas and pepper, uh, and pepper spray, mainly from the U.S. and Brazil. Right. In the past 12 years. Uh, this came out via the uh, Turkish media out there. And I'm, you know, I don't I don't really I don't I don't I don't really go anywhere. I just <laughs> thought it was interesting. That was Russia Today's take on the whole thing. Yeah, it's a good take. <clears throat> We'll have some more links to about the uh, Turkey protests that are going on. It's sort of very much in uh, in motion right now as we record this episode. Uh, something else that's very much in motion right now is we actually, we have been, I'm so proud of the coverage we've done on this, not not to pat our own backs too much, but do you remember we played a clip uh, towards the beginning of the year where the FBI said their number one priority was going to be cybersecurity? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, so today or this week, a major part of that overall strategy, how they're actually going to accomplish some of this, and you remember how we talked about how they want to have almost like a switchboard-type wiretapping setup They, they want to be able just to flip a button or In the switch. FBI office, right? Yeah. right? So uh, how, how, from a legal framework, they're going to pull that off has come out. Well, the FBI calls it a backdoor. Internet companies call it a floodgate to all electronic communication. First, the government wanted to fine tech companies for refusing to provide them with information about their customers' emails. Now, a new wiretap bill supported by the FBI is planning to expand wiretap designs significantly. It will include written communications like emails, but also digital functions like video chats and FaceTime. The bill forces tech companies to not only allow the FBI to conduct the spying, but to pave the way for them to be able to do it with infrastructure because law enforcement is concerned about, quote, going dark and losing the ability to surveil electronically. The bill is an updated uh, update to the Communications Assistance for Law Enforcement Act that was passed back in 1994, which compels all telecommunications providers to design their network so that law enforcement can sneak a peek. The new report from the Center for Democracy and Technology argues that the expansion of Kalea amounts to developing for our adversaries capabilities that they may not have the competence, access, or resources to develop on their own. In that sense, the endpoint wiretap mandate of Kalia 2 may lower the already low barriers to successful cybersecurity attacks. Now, it's worth figuring out precisely who can get through this back door before we open it up. Now, to give you a perspective of how long... <laughs> watch, the F- watch your back door, Chris. Wow, no kidding, right? I just caught that. To give you a perspective on how long the FBI's been working on this, think. don't think that this is actually something they've just begun talking about. 
Uh, back in 2009, it was reported that Microsoft was approached by the federal government to grant them some sort of wiretap accessibility into the MSN network. And at this time, uh, Microsoft sort of developed a system, and then they also developed a system for doing it for peer-to-peer -peer systems like Skype. And they filed for a patent on this, and, and, and the reporting insinuated that Microsoft began investigating at the request of the FBI. This is back in 2009. They filed a patent and got the patent on how to wiretap Skype. You can go Google search Microsoft. Uh, Skype patent spine whatever right and so they've been they've been thinking about this for a very long time now we have that piece they're going to modify that 1994 law or 96 whatever it was and uh, that's that'll be their their sneaky way in and you know also this has been sort of the rhetoric from the very top uh, in Obama's uh, speech that he did a couple of weeks ago on shutting down uh, Gitmo yeah everybody was all focused on the Gitmo stuff and on the on the uh, heckler stuff but what people haven't really talked a lot about is, and we'll have a link to the transcript in the show notes, halfway through the speech, Obama said he wanted to review the authorities of law enforcement so we can intercept new types of communication and build in privacy protections to prevent abuse, quote unquote. You got to love that. You got to love that backdoor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you know what we need to do? We need to do some stuff to make sure that you are safe. And, you know, like the EFF points out in that uh, article you're showing right there. Uh, they mentioned that uh, you know if you build in these backdoors, they could be exploited. Reoccurring real-time backdoors into all of our communications would make those kinds of attacks easier. Recently, a group of more than a dozen of the nation's best cybersecurity experts published a paper explaining why such a proposal would be a disaster for internet security, giving hackers all over the world central point of vulnerability to target. Jeez. We'll have uh, we have links to that in the show notes. I mean, Chris, you do a, a few technology shows. That's uh, a fact, Chase. And you do the Arch Action Show. That's a fact. And you also uh, do a show called TechSnap. Now, I know you've probably discussed backdoors on those shows. I mean, from your technical perspective, do you agree with that statement about backdoors? And absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and part of the problem is is the way our economy is designed is the people manufacturing these devices that may be installing the backdoor like into the firmware. Those are some of the same people that could just kick that firmware up up the chain of command to their uh, government overseers and give them access immediately. So it's like they can take some of our secrets right off the production line. And yeah, the U.S. military takes steps to avoid that. But infrastructure that's used by third-party companies in the commercial industry all over the country aren't going to take those same precautions. But Chris, you know, if I'm going to be a little bit conspiracy-ish... What if those backdoors are already there now and they just want to lay the legal framework for it to make it okay? Yeah. Well, they're actually, you know, they're approaching every company and saying, you know, we want, you know, if if, the, if it's any company that has a sizable messaging platform, Twitter, Facebook, Skype, <clears throat> they're approaching them and saying, we want wiretap. It's pretty wild. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's getting to the point but now. But Chris, you don't have to worry because if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have anything to hide. Well, and, you know, I agree with that statement, but... What we're going to is we're transitioning, and I know this sounds, oh man, I, I should just do it. I should just... Wait, hold on. Uh, today's Bacon uh, comes to us from the beautiful community of Whistler, British Columbia, Canada. Another BC Bacon, huh? Yeah, and some more BC Bacon. It's nice you make that run all the time for us. You're welcome. So, uh, if you believe that there is an NSA data center, which, how can you not believe that? That's... Uh, actually, uh, Chris, there is. Yeah. So and that data center, uh, some people some people have estimated that there's a figure online that it has a hundred trillion database database storage, and they got that from eBay. And this thing is sucking down every email, every instant message, every everything all the time. They're already doing it. 
But it's not like they're going to go look at Chris Fisher's emails on a daily basis. No, no, because but you didn't do anything wrong. In in 25 years, when laws are different, when things are that were legal are no longer legal and vice versa, they could pull all that up and they could show a history and they could pretty much get me on something. There's this, so many this damn is laws. your digital life. Right, exactly. That's why I don't like it. And I think, you know, I'm just going to have to start taking... And the, and the only way to prevent that is by taking precautions now, by using encryption and things like that. And, you know, a lot of these, a lot of all of this proclaiming the need for cybersecurity has been put, pinned on the Chinese. Right. And, you know, sometimes it looks legit. Sometimes it seems a little shaky. Well, as you might have guessed, because Obama's about to have that meeting with the Chinese president on Friday, the Chinese government has been leaking out through their sources that they think all of this, uh, chi- all of these China is hacking us is a bunch of fear-mongering uh, industrial military complex. Oh, uh, didn't I mention this before? Mm. I thought I swear I mentioned this. No, this is, of course, coming from the Chinese, but here, yeah, I'll let you hear it. The Xi Jinping, President Obama meeting is is a big deal here. Yeah, of, of course. Hu Jin is the editor-in-chief of Beijing's Global Times, which has more than 5 million readers. And, and likely a mouthpiece of the government. Published by the People's Daily, it's the mouthpiece of China's ruling... Oh, I actually oh, had no idea. Chris. <laughs> Chris. I, I haven't listened to this for two days. I had no idea he was going to say that. Communist Party. <laughs> On social media, the editor has referred to U.S. foreign policy as hooliganism and meddling. In Chinese, this headline says, before U.S. visit, the U.S. is hyping the hacking story again. Take U.S. charges... Which is what we said. ...of cyber spying, that China has stolen details about weapon systems and other sensitive information. You think that's not a true story? Yeah, yeah. Hacking will likely be on the summit agenda, ahead of high-level talks on cybersecurity in July. I think this hacking issue has been exaggerated by the U.S. side, he told us. We feel you're shouting about this as an excuse for establishing an Internet army. You talk about this mutual mistrust between China and America. Explain that. A rising great power is likely to challenge established order, he told us. The two presidents and their wives will meet at Sunnylands, a 200-acre estate near Palm Springs, California. Nice. It was once the home of the late publishing tycoon Walter Annenberg, who wanted a place to bring world leaders together to promote peace. In Chinese, the word guanxi refers to the sort of deep personal relationship needed to make deals work here. In the long list of diplomatic goals for this summit, establishing guanxi might be among the most important. Seth Doan, CBS News, Beijing. A couple of interesting uh, things to note, too. Uh, the U.S. military is again doing another massive expansion of our, our cyber defense force, um, and and uh, the Pentagon has actually publicly stated that uh, they're going to spin up like a dozen groups that contain a minimum of 40 to 60 people in that group. Right. And their sole focus will be offensive cyber security. Whoa. So like, you know, Stuxnet type stuff, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White Hat. Um, yeah. I didn't put I didn't include the clip, but it was pretty interesting. And I think. I I don't know. Of course, the Chinese are going to say this, but isn't it an interesting situation where the basically one of our biggest editors in the world is also one at the same time we're rattling the cage of saying they're attacking us, they're the bad guy, rah 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 rah. Will you buy our debt? Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is a really weird relationship. I I I just don't understand how that 
how that works. But you know who does understand how secret emails work? That would be the Obama administration. Oh, now, how nice of them. I can't recall if it made it into the show or if it was only in the supporter show, but we played the clips from the uh, former EPA administrator who was using totally bogus email accounts. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. Yeah. Well, turns out some journalist at the AP, brace yourself for this, thought to themselves, hey, if the head of the EPA is using fake email accounts... Maybe other people in the government are using fake email accounts. <laughs> Are President Obama's political appointees using secret government email accounts? The Associated Press says yes. According to an AP review, the list of presidential appointees using secret mail addresses includes HHS Secretary Kathleen Sebelius. She denies it. Secretary, could you just give us... There is no secret email account. There's a public email and a private email, and they're all foyable. They're all available. Yeah. And what was the point of having a private email? Um, 28,000 emails a month come into the public email. About 400 come into the private email. It's just a management issue. I can't possibly answer or screen all of them, and I want people to get timely answers. So uh, she has these accounts, right, where... Uh, they have these different accounts that are under different names, and then when they did the uh, Freedom of Information request, they were denied. But then she says, oh, they're all, f- you can you can file them, that's what she says, but she means you can do a Freedom of Information request. Uh, so she says, do it, so they call her bluff, and they do it, and then she's, and then the AP was denied. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's a little interesting thing. One wrap-up, too, we'll have more links about the China hacking stuff, but uh, China's top internet security official, by the way, when he was speaking to the news, said that uh, they have, and this is a quote here, Mountains of data pointing to extensive U.S. hacking aimed at China, but it would be irresponsible to blame Washington for such attacks. And they then he then called for greater cooperation to fight hacking. Yep, which means we want backdoors. <laughs> That's what that means. That's Maybe. translation. Let's work together to have backdoors. Hey, you know how all the backdoors we use are bought with products that are made by U.S. companies? Well, let's just work together on that. Right. Mm. Let's make this happen together. So it's interesting to see now as uh, technical details and implementations come out, one of the things we've talked about in our TechSnap program is somebody emailed in and said, hey, guys, you know, when we hear about some of the stuff the FBI wants to do at the end of the day, it's going to be the sysadmins. It's going to be the tech guys. It's going to be the network administrators that actually have to turn this stuff on, that have to install the software, that have to wire the network, that have to configure the router. And you know, Chris, those guys are just going to get bribed. You know that they're just going to get bribed. Well, it's just lose your job or do it. You know, that's just what it'll come down to. Uh, we'll continue to watch it across all of our shows as is applicable for that show's format. Um, but why don't we take a break right here, Chase, and thank this week's sponsors. I'm uh, pretty, pretty awesome to say. I'm very happy to say. I think this is our all-time high. Uh, we have 83 sponsors, I believe, when I looked at the count last. 82, I think, is what I put in the doc, but I actually think it's 83. Um, and uh, two of them came in at the 1333 rate, even though we were having a sale. So thank you to Jeffrey D. and Kyle T., for donating at the 1333 and a tip of the hat to Matthew K who took advantage of our sale. I thought that was pretty cool. So we got that three nice. we picked up three new subscribers this week. Also Desmond wrote in to say, "Hey guys, I couldn't quite afford the uh, 1333, but uh, I donate $5 a month via your network donation page which you can find over jupiterbroadcasting.com/donate because he loves the show." He says uh, he said, "You know, I'm a longtime supporter, but now that uh, Unfilter is my favorite show, I wanted to let you know that that's why I subscribe." Oh. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, he wrote in Chase and I thought he had a, you know, we played a George Carlin last week. Yeah. I thought maybe that struck a note. Uh, he, Jeffrey said, uh, he said, you guys have been uh, joking about a celebrity tribute, but it, that inspired me to donate to the cause for one man, Bill Hicks. 
you're not fans, become fans. He's a dead prophet who deserves an entire episode. And then he suggests people go check him out. Um, are you familiar with Bill Hicks? I am not. Well, we're going to play a clip. One of my favorite Bill Hicks lines. It's a little not safe for work, so uh, I- skip ahead by a minute four if you want to avoid naughty words. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. It's provable. Handful, very small elite run and own these corporations, which include the mainstream media. I have this feeling who's ever elected president, like Clinton was, no matter what your promises you promise on the campaign trail, blah, 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 when you win, you go into this smoky room with the 12 industrialist capitalist scumfucks who got you in there, and you're in this smoky room, and this little uh, uh, film uh, screen comes down, and a big guy in a cigar, roll the film. And it's a shot of a Kennedy assassination from an angle you've never seen before. It looks suspiciously off uh, the grassy knoll. And then the film, the screen goes up and the lights come up and they go to the new president. Any questions? Uh, Just what my agenda is. First we bomb Baghdad. You got it. He also, uh, Jeff, Jeffrey went on to say, you guys are a little too right wing for me, but I like to listen on all sides of the issue, which is funny because last week we got, we were flamed. Uh, for being too left? Yeah. We were. So, you know, that's cool. Uh, he but said, you know what, if, we, if we're right on one episode and we're left on the other episode, then I guess we're down the middle. I think so. Time, right? I think that's what that means. Yeah. Side thought, maybe you should try going for 300 subscriptions at $5 a piece. Netflix is $9 a month and they give you Arrested Development. Not that the show is worth. Not that the show isn't worth thirteen thirty three. But I mean, that's why I'm paying, after all. But everyone doesn't have the fiscal freedom that I do. You know what? I think that's a great point. I think that's a great point. So uh, I thought about it, and um, you know, we we it probably is too much. It probably is too high. We we did our sale, and we made one sale at the sale price. I think people that's their way of messaging them to us that it's too high, and so I accept it. So I'm going to lower it to $5 a month if you want to support the Unfiltered Show. Those of you who are in at 1333, you can remain our investors. That's what we'll be calling you. Uh, or you can cancel your subscription and grab a $5 a month subscription. Now, the other reason I'm doing this is because our pre-show, the supporter show, mm-hmm. is so freaking good. I mean, it really contains like a lot of stuff. And it at does. $5, I think a lot more people will get it. Okay. So I think it's going to be a good move. I think a lot more people will get it. And then they'll kind of, you know get like additional hour of show because that's one of the great things about the supporter show when you donate every month you get the downloadable show of of the you get the regular show you get an you get an email newsletter some behind the scenes information for that episode and a link to the supporters episode so thanks to our 82 supporters and chase yes. now that we've thanked everybody you know what that means it's time to play as the chat room you can ask a question and you might know the answer because if you know the answer you can ask the chat room because they're the <laughs> all-knowing chat room it's now time for the question chris all right, Jay. So, chat room. This one, you're going to need to listen carefully. I want you to put on your thinking caps and catch the meme. Now, I don't mean meme like the cat picture. I mean meme as in like a message that's conveyed where you kind of come to your own conclusions based on what they're essentially putting out there. This is going to be a little warm-up, so we'll play the clip first, and then we're going to ask you what the hidden message was. And we're going to start out with the James Home trial. A judge is allowing Colorado movie massacre suspect James Holmes uh, to change his plea to not guilty by reason of insanity. Holmes was in court today for the ruling. He said no when the judge asked if he had any questions. As the case moves forward, we're now learning more about Holmes's purchase of huge amounts of ammunition legally and online. 
Here's Drew Griffin of CNN's Special Investigations Wait, wait isn't Unit. legally and online the same? <laughs> legally and online. Here is the plain truth. Even if James Holmes was declared certifiably insane the day before he opened fire on an Aurora, Colorado movie theater, there would have been nothing to prevent him from buying thousands of rounds of ammunition online. That's disturbing. If I can go then and fully equip myself that easily, it's ridiculous. You know? yeah, ridiculous. Quentin Caldwell had to duck for cover and crawl out of that theater as bullets flew. It would be days, even weeks later, he saw just how easy it was for the Joker to amass his arsenal. They're just Whoa. calling him the Joker now. Just straight up, we're just doing it. We're, we're going to do a Batman uh, throwback. Now? We're just going to go. We're going. We're going full. We've been wanting to do it. We've been tempted to do it. We couldn't bring ourselves to do it. But now, you know what? It's been long enough. All shipped anonymously through online purchases. James Holmes bought tear gas canisters, tactical gear, multi-round magazine holders, and on June twenty-eighth. 4,300 rounds of ammunition from a company called BulkAmmo.com. Yeah. Somebody that's going to be a spree killer that's going to go out and just do it is going to say, okay, I can buy this piece here, I can buy this piece here, I can buy this piece here. That's With anonymity is the part that kills me. Is Nobody said, why are you buying this many rounds of ammo at once? In most states, you can buy as much as you want. In 1986, Congress passed and President Reagan signed the Firearm Owners Protection Act which restricted sales of fully automatic weapons, but also pretty much deregulated any restrictions on buying ammo. It made it legal to buy ammo through the mail and also removed most requirements for dealers to keep track of anyone who was buying ammunition, no matter how much. Ammunition sales is, uh, is not regulated. Uh, to sell ammunition, you don't have to have a license. No one knows who's selling ammunition. And to buy ammunition, you don't have to provide any uh, identification, at least since 1986. Mike Bouchard, the former assistant director of field operations with the ATF, says virtually anyone can buy ammunition, whether that be an insane college student from Colorado or a radical Islamic terrorist. Oh, if you're a felon, geez. you can go online. If you're a terrorist, you can go online. They'll ask you the question, are you prohibited by law from possessing it? You can just check the box, oh. no. Go directly to your shopping cart, put your credit card down, and it'll show up at your doorstep as soon as the shipper can get it there. 50 of 10. That's 500. The ease of buying ammunition is literally 10, celebrated four. on these YouTube videos called so, unboxing. As you can see here, this is nine, a thousand rounds of 9mm Luger. We found hundreds of ammo purchasers opening thousands of rounds of ammunition. 500 rounds of 22 CCI mini mags. Yeah. And posting their videos online mostly to push the speed and ease of their purchases. Fast shipping, good prices. I found out just how easy it was back in 2005. In a report to expose the ease of buying this 50 caliber military style sniper rifle. Before I shelled out $2,500 to buy this gun, I wanted to make sure I could buy ammunition. That turned out to be as easy as ordering flowers. With just a couple of clicks on my computer, I ordered and paid by credit card for 50 50 caliber armor-piercing rounds. They were delivered in a week. Shells as long as my hand delivered no questions asked by UPS. According to court documents released last month, James Holmes received six packages from BulkAmmo.com, 
a company that is continually celebrated by ammo openings on YouTube. This ran me with shipping. $212. According to corporate records, BulkAmmo.com is based in Knoxville, Tennessee. The company did not respond to our interview request. The other companies where James Holmes bought his tactical gear, gun magazines, tear gas canisters also refused comment. But it is clear no matter what James Holmes bought or how crazy he may have been, everything James Holmes purchased to carry out his horrific carnage was legal. And Drew Griffin of CNS Special Investigations Unit. All right, Chase. So what disgusting thing about this? They're using the decision that James Holmes can change his plea to, to uh, insanity, which, by the way, means that the case now rests on not whether or not he did it, but if he was insane at the time that he did it. So they're going to just pour over every moment, every detail. So they're using this as sort of the springboard to message something else. Chad, I, I, Chase, I say we go to the chat room. I think we could take several answers because there could be a couple of different messages coming yes, from this yes. clip. Yes, yes. So chat room, we're ready for your answers now. What was the meme, the message that they were trying to get in your head? Because this, the next clip we're going to play, I want everybody's skills to be super sharp. Because think about this. Every moment in a TV production, and I have a little insight because, you know, I'm some stupid guy on the internet who does some dumb shows, but... Every moment that goes into a show is absolutely intentional, and especially on TV. There's every, there, it is scripted by sometimes several people where they discuss. I mean, even, even sci-fi. Think back to Star Trek. You had the white guy who was half white, half black. There's a message there. They're trying to get a message across. What was the hidden message in this clip? Chase, are we ready? Let's go. First answer comes in from Silvernode. The internet needs more control. Mm, that's pretty good. I'd say it's close. I don't think, I don't think it's necessarily at the core of what they're trying to get out there. The narrative. Think around the gun control debate. That's what I'm thinking. But I, maybe he's right. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. should we pull again? Yeah, let's pull again. Oh. Forts forty seven hundred says guns are bad. Children. That's true. That's true. We got anything in the. Online ammo range, controlling ammo, anything in there? That's what I think it was. Uh, again. Boom, what KN says uh, guns don't kill people, ammo does. <laughs> yeah, it really does seem to, it seems to, like, it, it wants people to think about the ammo situation, for better or for worse. And obviously they're trying to make it sound like it's in a really bad spot right now, and that's what enabled James Holm, who was mentally ill, to do this. Because he was mentally ill. And so in one way, it's like, okay, good. They're going to talk about, they're going to pivot the conversation to to the role mental illness plays in these mass shootings. But are right. they going to get into the prescription drug aspects? Are they going to get into systemic failures in the system? Or are they just going to say, oh my gosh, they're scary. They're like mental zombies and they could get access to guns. And the reason why I think it's the latter is now listen to this next clip and think about what the message is here. You saw him in Walmart. He's holding this knife. Just to his side like this? Yep. Two years ago, Bill Lammer's son Blake was picked up by police at a local Walmart in Bolivar, Missouri, holding a butcher knife and a Halloween mask. What he told us was he had picked out someone that he was going to watch them go into the back room, follow them back there, and hopefully the police were what, going to would would him. get him and shoot him first before he did anything. He was 18 then and already had been committed to a mental hospital twice once for threatening to put a pipe bomb under his teacher's car. Blake would be checked into these mental hospitals, but could only stay for four days? Mm -hmm. Why? 
That was our question too. That's his dad. Why? Is he, did you fix him? Did you cure him? Four days is the legal limit without a court order. His mother, Tricia, and father say Blake was in and out of mental institutions. Now that sounds bad, but also think of the flip side. Think if maybe you are innocent and you shouldn't be in there. Thank God you're only stuck in there for four days. Right, exactly. At first, they didn't realize how serious it was. By the time he was 18 and legally an adult, it was harder to get him committed for the long term. His doctors would release him with new meds and a new diagnosis. Everything from Asperger's to bipolar disorder to a problem linked with schizophrenia. I'm here to love this child and to help this child in any way that I can. They ran up a $50,000 medical bill. All right, so we're setting up there making the ultimate sacrifice here. Searching for ways to help their son. Maybe it's just teenage hormones. I mean, yeah. you, you try and figure out anything but a mental condition. His violent outbursts and manic behavior forced them to lock up their belongings. One time, Blake came up behind his sister holding a knife. Trisha considered buying a handgun for her own protection until she made a discovery while doing the laundry that changed everything. I hmm. found a receipt that said shotgun, $865. And I said, that's not a shotgun. That's a, an assault weapon. That's a, an AR-15. Blake, who's been committed seven times. Seven, seven times in a mental hospital. Bought, legally bought an assault weapon from the place that he walked in with a butcher knife. That Walmart. Yeah, yeah. same one. Same one. How can that be? That, that's exactly our question. The reason Blake was never involuntarily committed to a mental institution by the courts, so no mental health record turned up on the background check. A day after discovering the receipt, Trisha contacted police, who arrested him. He allegedly confessed that he planned. His mom calls police. I have I have a thought about this, but go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I was going to say. Oh, that's no. Um, I think this honestly sets a little bit of a bad precedent, and I'll tell you why. Um. When they talk about involuntary uh, commitment, okay, so what they're saying is now, uh, well, we need to have, uh, you know, records of anybody that's gone to voluntary commitment mm -hmm. or whatever. That's what I'm getting implied right, from exactly. This. Me too. However, where does that stop? What if, all right, we need to know the records of people who go and see psychologists right. uh, and have bad thoughts when they talk to psychologists. And right. the psychologists now need to report that information to a national database because if you're talking about your problems about right. – Gosh, man, I'm so upset with work today. I feel like killing my boss. I mean, this might be going too down the what-if path, but then what if then your psychologist puts in a file notes, uh, oh, he's an alcoholic, and then that gets registered in there, and then they decide, you know what, anybody who's been anybody who's been diagnosed as an alcoholic, we're, we're worried they might rage out, so we're not going to let you get it. I mean, part of the, the thing with mental health is people need to be able to feel comfortable in talking with uh, right. you know, psychologists and doctors right. And say, hey, you know, I have a problem. It's a huge and, component and, of it. And, you know, they want to be able to feel comfortable. But now, if that information it, could not, possibly be database, reported. Yeah, if I, like, if I got older and started to think maybe I have some sort of condition coming on, but, you know, I'm not so sure. I don't want to go in a database. And I know some people may, may call me far-reaching on this. But if you haven't done anything wrong, other than the fact that maybe your family thinks you're out there. And right, and in this case, the family's committed him these times. Right. But... You know, let's just just, just because the family has committed him doesn't make it that they're right. Are right. they are they professionals? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's something to keep in mind too. And what's crazy is so they find the receipt. Now, at this point, he has been arrested 
for having a receipt for a gun. That's what he's been arrested for at this point. To open fire that weekend at Walmart. Oh, and 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 uh, supposedly, uh, this might be true, I don't know, uh, a note that he was going to open fire at Walmart or something. And also considered targeting the local movie theater. So I guess that's why he was arrested, right? Right. Okay. You turned your son into the police. Mm-hmm. He's in jail because of you. Mm-hmm. How is that as a parent? My first thought was, what, what have I done? I've just destroyed my son's life. And, and people would come up to me and say, no, you saved our lives. Right, right. Wow, how about that, right? And, and, and so, again, getting to the messaging, and I just, I know this sounds probably a little conspiracy, but think about this. They, the, the best kind of message is the kind where the audience reaches the conclusion you want them to on their own. So if, if I can convince you by some other method that you should contribute to Unfilter, you're much more likely to do it than if I just say contribute to Unfilter. Because you came to that decision via an internal process. And what these people are experts at is figuring out how to format a message so that you come to the conclusion on your own internal method. And as any broadcaster will tell you, that is the best way to get results from your audience. So what they're doing is they're giving you a series of tent poles in this clip that where each at each stage you are to come to your own conclusions on your own you will internalize that decision and then become you know very sure of it and at this point what you are what you are hearing if you were watching this abc news report is these parents were so concerned about the serious threat of mental health and its impact on gun control that they were willing to turn in their own flesh and blood so if these people are willing to do it then we need to have a national conversation what a place to be in seth this is my hell this is my hell. If I make it through this, I go to heaven. <laughs> and now 21-year-old Blake Lammer sits in the Polk County Jail, charged with three felony counts, including making a terrorist threat. He may face a life sentence. His parents say it could have been much worse, but worry that prison is not where he'll get the help he needs. Seth Doan, CBS News, Boulevard, Missouri. They have a zooming shot of the parents standing on the deck in the wind, sipping on a cup of coffee, looking thoughtful. Like, you know, completely staged. Um, And so this guy is going to get life in prison for never actually having committed a crime. Now, I'm not saying, I don't want to make particular judgments here, but but this is a very scary precedent. Maybe this guy should be locked up for life. I don't know. But damn, that is some scary crap. Well, you know, I, I will say this. You know, there are many, many kids out there who disagree with what their parents think of them. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. mean, it just happens. It's yeah. called life. Yeah. And, you know, uh, kids and, you know, as they grow up, they, they have different thought process of their parents. Is this one of those situations where, you know, the parents, they, they think they just know better. They're, they're licensed psychologists. They've done years of research and study. Or this is just one of those things where, well, I just know – I just know that he's he's you know, crazy. They don't go into the details. I I want to give the parents the benefit of the doubt. I would, I would hope so. I would hope so. Yeah. But it's one of those situations where I've seen parents, friends, friends of mine, where you know uh, kids, you know they've the kid, you know they, they've grown up friends of mine, uh, and they've come out as homosexual, and the parents think that they're crazy yeah. for coming out as such, and they have this 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 straight mind focus that oh well there's something not right with my kid because of that yeah and you know they'll they'll just go to the extremes and I'm you know I'm just and playing an angle here would, that we may not know about I would argue 
then it, it doesn't matter. Like in this scenario, if they've, you know, if he's, if he's full on crazy pants, danger to society versus totally innocent, it doesn't matter because once the precedent has been set the next time or the next case or the next case might not be that set. You know, it might, it might not be that bad. I just think there's it's, a whole side of the story we are not getting. Oh, the, for sure. I mean, and I, and I think it's more about because it's not about giving you the story. It's more about putting this message out there that you can go to jail for this. You might have to turn in family members. You might have to be always looking out for mentally unstable. You might have to turn in your own people. Blue of Phoenix three one six in our chat room, I think, puts it great. I got sent to a mental institution when I was younger because I'm a white guy and I was dating a black girl, and that is crazy, according to my stepmom. Yeah. So I mean, you know. It, just because your parents, I mean, yeah, they're your parents, and they 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 know best majority of the time. They're not licensed professionals, right? They they. I'm sorry, but you know what? I've done some outlandish things when I was a kid, mm-hmm. maybe crazy by crazy standards. It doesn't make me mental, right? And it doesn't mean I should be locked up for it. It's really freaky, and and people watch that and they just absorb this. And then, so what we're doing now is the conversation is pivoting to a conversation about ammo control and 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 people who have mental imbalances that have access to that ammo and guns. And here's the great part. Not necessarily an invalid conversation to have. So they get to build on top of that, but then they get to use cases like this to tug at the right notes of your heart yeah. and then get the message across. And if that didn't work, maybe you're a jaded old man and you don't like kids, then you probably like a little Glenn Close. Your own journey through this... Are you optimistic that the country will make a similar journey and faster than it has in the past? And that in 20 years from now, we're not going to be talking about this as the most common affliction that we don't discuss? I do. I think we will reach the tipping point. I think it's inevitable. I think it's a human rights issue. There are too many of us affected by it. And I think as people's voices get heard, as more and more people partner and come together to really focus on this issue, it has to change. Um, There's too much money being lost, and there's too much... um, Yeah, okay, no, she's really passionate about this. There's too much what? Valuable brain power and creative power being lost by people who are suffering with mental illness and have no way, and have been so stigmatized that they haven't uh, gotten treatment. So uh, she was in D.C. because Obama had a press conference about bringing the stigmatism of mental illness out of the shadows. Right. So th- Obama's having the press conference. The, the media the media networks are running these clips. They're interviewing celebrities. They're doing the uh, save the children aspect of it. They're also using James Holmes as the, the you know, the insanity plea as a jumping point after talking about how he got access to ammo. They are not letting off on this issue in the slightest. And I think this new approach is much more effective than the attack they were taking at the beginning of the year. Look, yeah, this is yeah. yeah. I think they're going to get a lot farther with this one. All right, speaking of things are going to get a lot farther as we move right along in the show, uh, the uh, Bradley Manning trial is underway. Well, day two of the Bradley Manning trial kicked off today. The moment many in the courtroom were waiting for, a testimony from the man who alerted federal authorities that Manning was the person behind the biggest document drop in American history. Former computer hacker Adrian Lamo detailed how he communicated with the Army private first class using a number of computers and email addresses along with encrypted text. RT has been covering the story since the first Apache helicopter video was released. And if you had trouble accessing our RT.com website yesterday afternoon, for the latest information on this trial, there's a reason why. 
we were attacked. A group known as AntiLeaks claimed responsibility for shutting down our website for several hours. Apparently, the group has a problem with the free flow of information. But hey, the fact that we were attacked could mean that this group is afraid that the stories that we report might just be worth listening to. Oh, sure. Adrian Lamo, uh, also a convicted hacker himself, you probably, if you're not familiar with him, should Google his name. He stated that he was chatting online with Manny on May 20th, 2010, and then alerted law enforcement the next day about the contents of the soldiers' messages, including the mention of WikiLeaks founder, Julian Assange. They uh, were pretty surprised, I guess, the press that uh, Adrian uh, took the stand so early in the case. But, uh, you know, it was kind of interesting. I don't know if a lot of people realized he was involved if they haven't been following it very closely. Watch out, Chase. It's now time again for another drone update. This was the top voted story in our subreddit this week. Our subreddit, by the way, just a quick mention, Kraken this week. Kraken. And I I take full credit. I think you should. Uh, And this was the story that they voted to the top of the subreddit. The latest innovation from Domino's Pizza could be the future of food delivery, especially if you're staying at the Hilton. The (laughs) Dominocopter is taking the Domino. Yes, the Dominocopter. Yep is taking deliveries to new heights, and we mean this quite literally. The uh, eight-bladed unmanned machine is designed to guarantee you've got a hot pizza at your doorstep in just minutes. No traffic, no stoplights, no speed limits, no tips. We call this. It's the uh, the Dama drone. Totally called that. We called this. And you know, this is what I'm okay with drones being used for this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm okay with this. This is a benefit to all of everybody. If they could hook that up to a taco place, I mean, everything. Everything. Barbecue. Barbecue be, drone, dude. There's going to be drones going all over the place with food. You know, those smells travel so well. Yeah. You know, and, oh my and then, God. You know what's not going to be awesome is then pretty soon they'll 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 get stronger motors and they'll have like display advertising on the drones <laughs> with lights and stuff. Yes, yes. They're totally going to do that. Yes. And we're going to have flying ads in the sky, and that'll be one of the ways they monetize the drones. Uh, we got a really good email that came in that, uh, or not even an email actually, it was a thread that I noticed in our subreddit. Speaking of our Kraken subreddit. Oh, really? Yeah, and we also got a comment on the episode page about this, and essentially it goes, quote unquote, Chris's anti-GMO. Oh my gosh, rage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't know, uh, Chase, uh, Fox News alert. Uh, apparently, I'm uh, anti-GMO. I did not know this. Uh, so. Uh, I made a mention to that study where the rats had tumors. Oh, okay. And the only reason I even, if I recall correctly, only I might not recall correctly, the only reason I really made mention to it is because the RT report had made mention to it. Right. But that study was debunked. And I think I made mention of like, oh, it was debunked. And the only reason I said that is because then people were debunking the debunkers. Like that always happens on the internet. I didn't mean to take a GMO stand in that episode last week. Yeah. And I'm curious if if you've given thought to where you feel are you an anti-GMOite or are you a pro-GMOer? You like that? I made those both <laughs> those, up on the spot. Those are not words. Anti <laughs> GMOite or pro-GMOer? Gazuntite. <laughs> do you have a do you have a strong feeling? No, not really. I I just all I I want is information to be fully disclosed. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. That's where I'm at. I mean, because I can see, like, okay, so uh, I was actually, I'm not even being that guy. I'm totally serious. I was involved in an interview with a nutritionist today, earlier this morning, who uh, uh, said that they're actually doing some new studies right now where they think maybe there's some nutritional deficiencies of certain GMO foods. And so now they're doing, like, they're, but, they're, like, it's very early in the science of that. 
you know, it solves a major problem. Um, it solves uh, it solves the overpopulation problem. It solves the uh, drought problem in a lot of ways. Uh, if it just wasn't controlled by one of the most evil corporations in the world, I think people would feel a lot better about it. Right. I also wish, you know, there wasn't that FDA uh, um, incestuous relationship between the two companies. I think that'd make people feel a lot better about it. That's true. So I'm I'm a little nervous about anything that I put in my body that I don't feel I have full knowledge and, trans, you know, it's not fully transparent as to what it contains and how it's made and how it's manufactured and any of the risks therewith. And, you know, that's why I buy a lot of stuff locally because I just don't want to have to worry about it. But... Like at the same time, I know that when I go out to eat or when I buy something in a box, probably contains GMO. Yeah, it could absolutely. That 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 beverage right there probably contains GMO. And it, it tasted really good too. Well, it's genetically modified to be extra tasty mm, and have more calories. Yeah. So uh, thanks to the subreddit this week, uh, Chase. Why don't you tell people where they can find that their subreddit? Yes, yeah, so this subreddit uh, can be found on the beautiful page over there at unfilter.reddit.com. And the great thing about it is, last week I. God, I, I don't remember our number. I think we're like at 402 or 403 because I was making fun of making it 404. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know what it is, but we're at 422. Boom, birthday present for us. That was a, that was their birthday present to us. Yes. So yes. thank you, you guys. So since uh, 33 is always a magic number. I think we can get to 433. I want to get to 433. So all you got to do is tell a friend about it. Uh, head over to unfilter.reddit.com. And, and by the way, Chris, there is a phone number we haven't had a voicemail in a while. Why? Well, because Skype seized my account. They, I got it. Like oh. I got a. Yeah, it's like a whole Skype thing. Oh, so we don't have a the, the number on the screen four two five three and two seventeen fifty six. I'm leaving there because I keep planning to fix it every week. Oh, it's okay. like my. It's like my uh, peer <laughs> right. pressure to myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. At all? You but know, people like, can reach you on Twitter though, right? Well, sure, man. At Chris Las. That's Absolutely. a good place. I'm hanging out there. People can catch me in 140. Characters. And you're even talking about Ting and Plan B, which is the anti-parenting show. Right. And uh, <laughs> what about you? Are you on Twitter? No. Spousing out your nope. uh, spousal... I'm not on Twitter. No. All right. well, yes, I, I am. I will not follow you at Nunes. At Nunes on Twitter, N-U-N-E-S. I'm an internet broadcaster. Wait, were you pro. just lying? I just lied. On the Unfiltered show? It's kind of like... It's like a... Who's paying you, man? No, no one's paying me. I'm going to sick Bill Hicks No on one you. pays me to do this either. Geekgamer.tv. Geek yeah. yeah. Yeah, we do shows about uh, gaming, technology... Uh, it's geek stuff. Pinball. There's some pinball on there. Nice. And uh, this past Sunday, Grand Theft. We played some Grand Theft Auto Four, running fun. over hookers, and it was a, lots of fun. Riding oh, motorcycles. Hey, I'm not mental, so please don't call the cops. <laughs> All right. Don't forget, if you're an unfiltered supporter, we've got a really great supporter show for you. Lots of extra clips in there with lots of context for this week's show. And if you're not Delicious. a supporter, you got that five dollar bony. Five dollars. Five dollar. Five dollars. It's more to buy some drinks at. Starbucks. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of Unfilter. We'll see you right back here next, next week. week.